is up, you guys? Thanks for tuning in for a new episode of Big Stick Energy on this glorious Tuesday, wherever you are. Uh, my name's Tori. I am hosting with Renee, my best friend. I'm sure you guys all know this feel by now. Um, yeah, getting pretty stoked for winter. Had a bit of a heavy week last week. Got into a car accident. That was dramatic. I also got a lizard. His name's Norman, something that nobody needed to know, but I'm very excited to talk about. Um, and I found out what skis I'm going to be getting this season, which again, super hyped on the atomic, uh, Ben Chetler 110, um, in a 172, it's going to be kind of like a, a resort kind of in between ski for me, something that if my 29 year old body feels like skiing park on, I can do that. And then also take it on like the backside of Lake Louise. I'm very excited for winter, but before we get into winter shit, we need to talk a little bit more about mountain biking shit because fall time is all times. So we've got a couple cool episodes lined up to kind of polish off mountain biking season. And today's episode, we are interviewing Ashley Duffus. Um, Ashley Duffus is a certified weapon in multiple categories. We have been Instagram friends for a hot minute. And after following her, I really wanted to get her on the podcast to talk to her about the, the company that she started, Cosmic Dirt. So she founded Cosmic Dirt um, because she had severe grievances with the mountain biking industry and not feeling like she belongs and the lack of diversity and inclusivity in the sizing and quality and functionality of mountain biking gear. So like, you wanna get into mountain biking, sick. You need the gear to get into mountain biking. Oh fuck, they don't make it in your size. That's not acceptable and it needs to change. And not only did Ashley see an opportunity to disrupt and change things and do something productive um, with how she felt to help other people, but she created a company that is really freaking rad. Like from a marketing branding perspective, the designs are awesome. The cuts are awesome. Everything's really freaking cute. And it's got kind of that traditional tattoo vibe to it. Highly recommend checking it out. Um, today's episode with Ashley was great. She's absolutely hilarious to talk to. And uh, yeah, we dip into a lot of ways that the industry could do better, how like different facets of the industry kind of um, communicate to people that they don't belong and how that could change and how people like Ashley are so valuable in making that change happen because they are disrupting the norm. So yeah, this was rad. I'm so happy I had the chance to finally talk to Ashley, even though it was still through the internet. Um, I hope that one day we can kind of like shred it up together. So yeah, great freaking episode. Um, before we dip into it, got a couple ads to read through. And like always, if you feel like leaving us a review, we would be super duper pumped on whatever platform you're listening to. Um, also looking for like genuine, authentic feedback on the podcast. We found out recently that people might be scared to give us feedback, which I think is kind of funny, but I guess we kind of have that brand of like, speaking up on things very openly and unapologetically, but we want to make this better. We want to make it, um, you know, more listenable, any type of feedback we can get on it. We would absolutely love it. So we might be putting out a survey soon um, to get some, some feedback. If you feel like, you know, opening up and letting us know what you think anonymously, that would be rad. Anyways, have a great day. I hope fall is treating you well and we will see you guys soon. If you're into doing any type of sport outside, any sport in general, then having a good selection of gels, tablets, energy bars, waffles, all that kind of stuff, it's something that you need to have because you need that quick fix if you're bonking when you're doing an activity. And not having enough variety in the products that you have 
kind of sucks. So um, Goo Energy is tackling that. Uh, not only do they have one of the widest array of flavors and products in the industry, but they are also a family-owned business that makes their gels right next to their office in Berkeley, California, with over 30 years of experience. Um, they're science-backed and athlete-proven, and they're here to kind of change up the game for the flavors and profiles and products that we get that are effective in helping us stay energized and rejuvenated when we're outside. Um, they're super effective, convenient. It's energy on go in many different tasty flavors. They have stroop waffles, hydration tabs, the whole nine yards. It's available at gooenergy.com. You can also get it on Amazon and local specialty retailers like DEI, Dix, et cetera. Um, if you want to jump on Goo Energy and try some of their varied flavors, you can use the code out of bounds to get 20% off at gooenergy.com. Definitely hit that up, you guys. Winter is coming. And if you're going ski touring, you are going to want to have a good variety of products. Winter is coming, my dudes, which means you need to get your gear so you can stay warm out there, especially if you are in the Northern Hemisphere, because I think it is forecasted to be a super deep, super cold one. So I'm getting ready for winter by putting together my kit with my rumple blanket. Uh, my partner just got a uh, go fast camper kind of canopy topper for his truck. And we're going to be doing some winter camping as we're ski touring. And there's honestly nothing better than having an extra blanket handy in case it gets really freaking cold. I'm a huge advocate for buy once, cry once. And uh, especially when it comes to gear, because you need something that's going to last. And I prefer to choose a company that is more sustainable because it makes me feel better about my purchasing decisions and my consumerism. Rumpel fits that fold really well. Um, they're on a mission to introduce the world to better blankets. They recycle over 5 million plastic water bottles a year and they offset their carbon footprint significantly. Uh, their stuff is weatherproof, durable and cozy and it's made with the same technical materials used in premium outdoor gear and activewear. So the optimal blanket for you in all kind of winter conditions if you're camping. Um, they also make awesome pack towels. That's just a staple in my kit, no matter what I'm doing. If you're interested in getting cozy this winter, hit up their website and use the code out of bounds for 15% off eligible products. Also, I love the branding of Cosmic Berg. I was like looking oh, through all your shirts you. and I was like, I need some of these. I've got a ton of traditional <laughs> tattoos. So I'm like right up the alley with you. <laughs> yeah. Yep, well, I guys, have. I'm getting my first tattoo next week. What are you getting? I'm getting a bobblehead turtle. Cute. <laughs> yeah. You you two and the the non-traditional pets. I love it. Well, she doesn't have a turtle. Well, I know, but it's cute anyway. It is. Her story with what's your story with the turtle, Renee? It's like your grandma. Okay, so when I was taking care of my grandma at end of life, well, like first off, when we found out she had cancer and I was talking to her on the phone, she's like, Yeah, but just remember me with the turtles because her literally exactly one year before she passed, we brought her to Hawaii with us. Cause she always wanted to go. And we were like, you know what? Like, why don't you just come with us? Like, we're going to go just come with us. And so we brought my grandma to Maui and there's like turtles coming up on the beaches at night. And she loved it. We like walked down and just like go see the turtles. So that's why she was like, just remember me with the turtles. Cause it was like her happy place on the beach and, she thought it was so cool. And then when I was taking care of her, she had, cause I would like sleep in bed next to her. Cause she like loved having someone there all the time. Since my grandpa had already passed. And 
she had this like bobblehead turtle on her bedside table. And so one, the one morning, like about a week or so before she passed and she was still, she was still totally with it mentally, even though the cancer had gone to her brain. But that was like the day she started to kind of change. And she told me about this turtle and she laughed when I picked it up and asked her about it. And her and her best friend had been hiding this turtle in each other's houses for years. And that was like their like little friendship. It was like their little friendship bracelet kind of is they would go over to each other's houses for dinner or whatever. And they would hide the turtle someone in the, somewhere in the other person's house. And then they would have to find it and then hide it back in the next person in like the other one's house. So they like co constantly were just like passing this turtle back between themselves. And then the rest of the day, like that, I could tell she was kind of starting to go downhill because we'd be sitting on the couch and she'd just like start laughing about turtles. And my sister was like, what the heck? And I was like, oh yeah, it's an inside joke. You don't get it. <laughs> you can't sit with us. You don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a really so, cute story. Anyway, it's super cute. It's and like my grandma's like friendship little bracelet and just like reminds me, she said, remember me with the turtles. So it's kind of like a sentimental but also just like it all it kind of means friendship and I think it's really cool and I'm, I'm excited for the artist that I chose he did a bunch of tattoos for my friend here and I, I think it like is a cool little thing because we can have a lot of fun with the patterns and the shading that you put on it and like yeah I want to I'm really excited it's that. her first one I know it's very first cute tattoo is a big deal it's gonna be it really is fun I know Ashley, my boyfriend has so many and he's just like oh my gosh your first one just wait yeah. you're gonna be hooked and then you're gonna look like yep. me <laughs> yeah. you're gonna be covered pretty soon it happens really fast yeah like my first tattoo is like with grace in your heart infinity symbol it's like a Mumford and Son lyrics and now I've got like switchblades and like wolves with like blood and snakes I'm just like <laughs> I love that uh, yeah, you kind of just go further down the rabbit hole with tattooing. You do. And at like one point, they stop meaning something. Like people, I love people that like don't yeah. have any tattoos because they're always like, oh, what's that one mean? I was like, I thought it was dope. Yeah. They're like, what? And you're like, yeah, I wanted it on my body. That's pretty much it. I have this one on my arm. Oh, that that's so camera. sick. And this was the first one where I was just like, I walked in and I was like, let me see your flash book and just picked it. Like, yeah. And it's, it's really fun to get tattoos that way because it's like you find an artist that you like and then you just trust that whatever they draw is going to be sick and you just go and yeah, and like are on your body. That was, yeah. I have, well, I don't think anyone's going to watch this. But I have a snake between my boobs and it was like an impulse tattoo in the second wave of the pandemic. I um, want a snake between my boobs. <laughs> I named him Steve. Perfect. Steve the snake. My boyfriend also refers to him as Steve. He's like, hi, Steve. <laughs> like, how's it going? <laughs> Renee, you're gonna have to name your turtle. I know. I don't. I'm not there yet because I, I wanted my first one to be one that, like, I wanted to know that I was like absolutely ready and that it was gonna be the right thing. So this one I've been thinking about for like, well, a couple years now because my grandma passed like a year and a half ago. So yeah, I, like, I have thought about it long enough that I'm like, okay, I definitely am gonna like this. I'm not gonna regret it, and then we can go from there. But I just wanted to like make sure with the first one, I'm like that I'm like absolutely 100% ready for it. That's well, totally it's, it's 
totally cool and sick to have tattoos that mean something also. It I is. just want to say that just at a certain point. I didn't mean point. mine to be dismissive either. Um, I have tattoos that mean stuff, but I also yeah. have ones where I'm like, it's just dope. So yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's but a good point, Ashley. The turtle sounds super rad. I've, uh, not to derail the conversation, but I've been thinking about it, doing a, um, like a sacred geometry turtle graphic somehow. Ooh. Haven't decided what, but that reminded me that I need to figure that out. Mm. Well, I'll get my tattoo. I'll send you a photo and then you'll be like, yo, okay. that's sick. And then, and then we'll, make your, graphic. Your, <laughs> yeah, we'll make your skin into our graphic. <laughs> oh, that's funny. When the world goes round. Um, Anyways, tattoos are dope. Renee's joining the Inked Club. <laughs> and Ashley, who are you? Do you want to tell everybody who you are? Oh, gosh. The long or the short version? Um, uh, whatever you think is like, it's like, make your time to shine. Like, whatever you think is gosh. important to add. I think you, like, inspire a lot of people and you connect with people. And like I said, you're disrupting the industry. So, I don't know. Oh I don't well, believe in being humble. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> my name is Ashley Duffus. Um, my last name is commonly mispronounced as Doofus, by the way it's spelled. And I used to hate it when I was a kid. And now I feel like I kind of embody the meaning of that. So it works. <laughs> um, I own a company called Cosmic Dirt. We're working on making... Um, mountain bike apparel for humans extra small to four extra large and i hope to make that size range bigger as the industry grows um we started less than two years ago and we're already getting like emails from major retailers and we don't even have technical apparel out yet so um that's pretty cool um but basically just started that company because i never fit into mountain bike apparel and I'm a mountain biker and that's really lame. So went to try and fix it. And turns out there's a lot of people that feel the same way I do. So here we are and it's snowballing and my friends are telling me that they see it everywhere and I'm on your podcast, which means I'm doing something right. So yeah. Um, other hats I wear, um, do a lot of local event planning and I'm an athlete. I'm getting used to calling myself that. Um, I have a couple of like sponsorship contracts now and I'm working on trying to do more of that because I think uh, an athlete doesn't just have to be somebody that hooks themselves off cliffs all the time and does Red Bull Rampage and stuff like that. Like it's a lifestyle. It's not just your like, you know, physical ability. So trying to increase visibility of different types of people all across the board, I guess. Does that, that's it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> Is that a good introduction? I don't know. Sure. I mean, we got places we can start. Let's yep. start just, just mountain biking. How long have you been mountain biking? Where do you ride? Okay. Um, that's a convoluted answer. So I grew up. In I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I grew up in Corvallis, Oregon. My dad worked at a bike shop there when I was born. It's called Peak Sports. It's still there. I just um, was Instagram connected with somebody that works there that's working to make their bike shop a more inclusive place, which I thought was really cool to like bring that all the way back around. Um, 
but my dad worked there when I was born. So I was like raised around bikes, like had a mountain bike, but never went mountain biking. Um, I remember, oh my gosh, I can't remember how old I was, maybe 11 or 12. And I wanted to go and he took me and I cried about climbing because of course I did. And <laughs> he was like, okay, well then go home if you don't want to climb. And I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> so that was like my first, I guess, I tried it when I was that age and I wasn't into it because it was just not fun enough to climb up a hill on your bike. So I truly got into mountain biking when I was like 22 and I was living in Bend, Oregon and I wanted something to do when there wasn't snow on the ground. Um, I was a huge skier for most of my life and lived in a bunch of ski towns and stuff. And so mountain biking just kind of naturally happened as a way to fill the time. Um, and then I moved up here where I live currently to Bellingham, Washington in 2010. And that's when it all kind of happened. So I ended up meeting um, some of the guys that like now run Freehub and like have built trails up here and work for transition bikes like way back then. And they got me a transition siren, which was like one of the sickest bikes at the time. And just like threw me into this semi gnarly shuttle zone out east of Bellingham that I had no business being on. <laughs> and they were like, okay, go. <laughs> and I had only ridden in Bend and I was, you know, used to flat cross country trails. And so riding up here in Whatcom County for the first time, I spent a lot of time crying. <laughs> and, but that was like my first real introduction to mountain biking because I think I was 22. Um, and it's interesting because I fell in love with the sport and like spent all my time doing it. And then winter happened again. And I was like, well, I don't need my bike sitting around. So I sold it. And then turns out that was a huge mistake because then I didn't ride for like six years. Um, which is a combination of things being, being bad with money and also like going through a really interesting depressive phase and gaining a bunch of weight and kind of losing sight of myself and just stopped doing all the things that I was doing. Um, I actually was forced out of skiing because ski pants didn't fit anymore. So I like lost all of my sports during that time in my life. Um, and let's see, I want to say it's been six years now, but, um, basically just got frustrated with where I was at in life and didn't feel like myself anymore. So I bought another mountain bike and haven't looked back since. Um, but yeah, it's been kind of an interesting up and down trajectory with bikes in my life. But now that I've really just been like, I deserve to be here and I want to be here and I like this sport and I'm not giving it up. It's been life changing. So it's a very long answer, but but I think that actually segues us really well into talking about cosmic dirt because it it like actually hurts me in my soul and my insides that skiing and biking, which are such a good coping mechanisms and like it's so awesome to be able to turn to those things when you're not feeling truly yourself or you're down and uh, they don't fix anything, but they also don't make anything worse. And you couldn't do that because it was not accessible to you after having, I don't, I'm, I don't know if I want to call it a mental health crisis because I don't know the details of it, but you know, like a, a depressive episode mm -hmm. 
and then trying to come back out of that or even just like have one day where you feel okay that you are out of your bed you're going to the ski hill ready to face that day and then something like not being able to feel good in a pair of ski pants is what's holding you back like that freaking sucks and it should not be like that segway cosmic dirt (laughs) i also just want to say like not feeling good in my inside should definitely be like a phrase we commonly use yeah i like it yeah i mean i don't like like that you feel that way but it's a good way to say it it's it's a good way to describe it i also think just total other side note it's a lifestyle should just be on a hat and it just period or like a sticker i can make that happen (laughs) <laughs> she's got the skills to pay the bills let's go <laughs> well some of the bills we're working on it anyway um you feel that on a deep level um but anyways back to the, the stuff Renee just said yeah I mean cosmic dirt let's talk yeah. chat about that I mean I guess we'll just start with a little bit of like quick and dirty what is it because you kind of mentioned in your intro mm-hmm. you started the brand cosmic dirt It runs sizes extra small to 4XL, I wrote down. Um, And yeah, how did that come about? Like, what was the turning point where you're like, I'm going to start a clothing brand because fuck this noise. So it was literally the fuck this. Yeah, it it literally was the fuck this. Um, Uh, I'm not going to name the publication because I don't want to shade them. Um, but there was a large mountain bike publication that ran a story in fall 2020, I believe it was, that was like, you know, like a roundup of quote unquote plus size kits for mountain biking. <clears throat> and I got really excited about it. Cause I was like, oh my God, maybe I'll be able to find something. Like, I can't believe that there's brands that make things that fit me that I haven't found out about yet. Um, side note my partner at the time was in the bike industry and I've always been kind of outdoor industry adjacent so I was pretty surprised to see an article that was like claiming to have things that I didn't know about um so I shared it without thinking about it didn't read it first (laughs) and then when that was a mistake (laughs) (laughs) went and read the article realized that nothing in the article came above like a size 16 18 which I'm like a 22 24 size 3x like I can still like at the time I could still shop in straight size old navy but not find any bike clothes so shared it read it got frustrated started yelling on Instagram like went through like a week-long like phase of like talking about my experience realizing that there were a lot of people that followed me because of it and like just kind of this whole shitstorm around this article and I ended up talking to the person who wrote it who you know had a lot of really like great things to say and like she acknowledged like what I was angry about and that I couldn't you know that there wasn't really a solution at the time because nobody was making the things so I ended up meeting my now business partner Heather Kinnell um, who is 50% of Cosmic Dirt and offered to fund me off of an Instagram story that week. Somebody I had never met before, she didn't follow me at the time. She saw a post that I shared from, somebody shared my post and came to my Instagram and was like, sounds like you know what we should do about it. Let's talk. And I'm like, you're not real. <laughs> like, it's just like, just put that out in the universe and somebody shows up with money and business advice. Like, 
yeah, right. But that's actually what happened. So um, I was really frustrated about the whole industry, just not seeing people like me. And somebody was like, yeah. And Heather is the exact opposite end of the spectrum, like small, extra small, like tiny human and has also faced kind of the same issues of not being able to find what she wants to find and not feeling like the um, industry reflects her personal style. And so basically we had a phone conversation and we were like, okay, what's the one thing you're the most scared of? Like if we were to do this and her, I think what she said was she was worried that she was going to put in money and I wasn't going to do the work. And I was worried that I was going to work, do, do the work and the money was going to get pulled. And we were like, I think we just locked each other into this thing. <laughs> so, okay. So we went for it. Um, and basically like that was, I think one month before we registered the LLC and we just had like two or three conversations. We were like, okay, we're going. So basically, um, long story short, it was like kind of a very cosmic like encounter that just happened. And like people asked me where the name came from. And I kid you not, we put in mountain biking and women into a name generator on the internet and cosmic dirt came out. And I was like, dude, that's perfect. Like, it just is like our experience with each other and the fact that we're both kind of like spiritual witchy kind of people and like, it, yeah, it just works for us. So <clears throat> we launched the brand in, I want to say our first sales were like April 21. So we've been selling for about a year and a half and we started with just like cotton t-shirts and hats and socks and like, cute graphics and that kind of thing um the like end goal has always been offering technical mountain bike and outdoor apparel so like pants shorts chamois tech tees jackets like all of that but we wanted to start with merch first because we knew that if we built an audience and built a community around the brand first that we would then have a way easier time selling all the technical stuff which is exactly what has been happening we don't even have technical stuff yet. And I have major retailers emailing me like, hey, when are your pants coming out? And I'm like, this is crazy. So, but I feel like every single step that we've made since we started the brand has been like, almost just like laid out for me. Like I just have all of these cool things happening and it's like what I'm meant to be doing. So it's awesome, but. I'm trying to think if there's other pieces of that story that I didn't tell that are relevant because there's so many details, but um, we did, we did a Kickstarter campaign in February of this year and we did $60,000 in 30 days for our mountain bike pants. Um, yeah. It's pretty insane. I, yes, no. we did about half of that in the first 48 hours and I was just glued to my phone and I was just like, what the fuck? Like, how are there this many people that care about what we're doing that like also like have the same feelings that I have and like want the industry to be different and want to have these things. And like, yeah, it's, like makes me emotional thinking about like how much that has grown in just like since February, it's 
insane. So right now we are in the grading process with two, two inseams of shorts, a pair of pants and a tank and a t-shirt. The grading is the process of like our sample size is a medium and then we're making it in all of the sizes we're going to offer to make sure that they fit those people. So we're in that process and then we get to go into production, which means everybody gets to have the things. So it's pretty exciting. But how affirmative is it to you when you're like, okay, I'm doing this thing and then launch a Kickstarter and people put 60K up for you. Like that just shows you yeah. that people want this stuff. People want to ride a bicycle, but they've yeah. been held back by something so silly as just not being able to buy a chamois in the size that they are. And I know that when we did an episode a few months back, I think with Bennett Ron and she's mm -hmm. mostly in the climbing and hiking space. But one of the really important things I think that she said was that not everyone that goes outside and does outdoor sports does it because they want to lose weight. And mm -hmm. I think there's like a culture around mountain biking, especially where it's like so heavy on fitness and like you've got to climb and like all the elevation that you did. And I did this huge ride and like, that's like a whole aspect of mountain climbing that need or mountain climbing, mountain biking that needs to be deconstructed mm -hmm. because there are people who just want to go and get out on a bike because they like it and they can't even do that. And yeah. what's most important is just enjoying a sport just for the sake of doing it because it makes your body feel good no matter mm -hmm. what size you are. And so the fact that people are like, yeah, I'm going to support this fucking initiative because this yeah. is a problem and no one's doing anything about it. And this rat chick from Oregon is stepping up to the plate. And I mean, that's why we wanted to have you on. So <laughs> I, I also think from like a marketing perspective, I'm like a huge marketing nerd. Renee hates mm -hmm. it when I go in marketing info. No, I'm, poems, I'm but here for it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Um, so sorry. I've been watching a lot of true blood lately. So that accent is like slipping through <laughs> accidentally. I love true blood anyways. Um, your branding is so like, fuck the system. And that's something that we discovered with Womb Tang and Big Stick Energy is mm -hmm. people are just tired. Like they're fed up. They're sick of like this performative, like exclusivity of being an expert and like not being able to fit in if you don't fit a typical mold that you're supposed to fit in, which is basically like a super ripped or like skinny, just like athletic white dude. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, it's like being an athlete is changing. Inclusivity is changing and like, fuck the system. We want better. And you can see it in examples like Cosmic Turk or Womb Tang where people are just like flocking to it. They're like, take my fucking money. Shit needs to change. And like your branding is so spot on. It's like people are fed up and your branding's dope and you're crushing it. So noise. And I keep, I keep telling my employer this. I'm like, you guys need to show up. Or you're going to get left behind. Like you got to step into those hard spaces and make change because mm -hmm. people are demanding it, especially in the outdoor industry. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, thank you. I'm glad that it tracks that way. Um, all of our branding, marketing, design, all of that comes mostly out of my head. Um, and so every, yeah, I, every time I hear that it's working the way that I want it to, it makes me feel good about that. Sometimes I wonder why I got into owning a mountain bike apparel company and designing things as 
a former massage therapist who doesn't even have a bachelor's degree. <laughs> but I'm doing it and it's working. So I'm going to keep doing it. Um, but uh, something I wanted to touch on there is just like, it took me like, I didn't have the mindset that I have now and like didn't feel as strongly as I do about all these things until cosmic dirt started snowballing. So like I started it because I wanted to fit in, but I didn't realize how many other people also fit in that category until I started like becoming friends with trans girls and like, you know, people who are not white, who are into mountain biking and like all of these people and like realizing like, um, I think the word is intersectionality, but like realizing like, okay, like I've never felt like I had anything in common with those people because I am I white and cis and like grew up in the middle class in Oregon. So like, I'm like, well, I don't really have any like shared experience with you, but I am a classically excluded body type and we get each other in a way that I didn't realize. And so started spending more time with um, kind of just all different types of people and realized like we all deserve to feel like we fit like regardless of who we love or our gender or our color of our skin or like any of those factors and so like my like I guess messaging and like the whole fuck the system thing like has started getting louder the more that I realize like everyone feels that way and like if I can figure out how to connect it to each individual person it's like oh I get it like it, your brand and your message is like quite literally for me it doesn't matter who you are so yeah it's it's been kind of an interesting fun journey for me personally just to like realize like how much everyone has in common and like just trying to like bring more people together over the fact that we just like riding bikes and like dressing like stupid idiots and running around in the woods and having fun. It's yeah. Pretty simple. Yeah. So. That's like super similar to like starting womb tang for me. I, mm -hmm. I found out I'm autistic in October, which makes sense. And like, I've never been able to relate to girls. I've always mm -hmm. been like attacked by mean girls and fitting in with the boys was like manipulative, but like they've done studies on how autistic uh, like AFAB brains are actually similar to like cisgendered non-autistic male brains for abilities and like socializing and stuff like that. So like I had a nickname in high school that was Brogina. <laughs> yep. Or teabag, you know, take your pick. It wasn't really a vibe. Um, and then I had like my first healthy female relationship with like Renee and Sissy and Jess. And like, I've never had like a female relationship like that before where it was like, show up as you are, we accept you. Like you're having a meltdown because you don't know what to wear and like you're perfectly put together at work, but you get home and you make depression cookies very angrily and dance around the, the kitchen because I figured out that was actually stimming trying to regulate. And Boom Tang was just like, I'm I think everybody deserves the space to belong and kind of never really belonging myself or like trying to make myself belong when I didn't. And it makes me genuinely upset, which I now found out is an autistic trait, but it's like hardcore sense of like right or wrong. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, it is wrong to exclude people for facets of their identity because somebody in power decided there is one mold that they need to fit. And mm -hmm. that makes me extremely fucking angry and anybody that explains logic to me that they think they have that is actually 
confirmation bias from harmful information that they've consumed online and in their communities about why these people do not belong and why they do not deserve the same rights, I will tear them a new fucking butthole. And it has become my personality and I'm not mad about it. So I am totally there with you. I love that. <laughs> That's so important. We need more people like you. <laughs> well, you're one of those. And so is Renee. That's why it's the big stick energy. It's like That's why we're here. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the fuck you. I'm like, we are here. All these people are here and they are people and they belong. Period. Yeah. 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 It's really important. Preach. Uh, the internet. I hate yes. the internet. I also love it at the same time, though. Like, well, <laughs> I make my living on the internet, but I'm also same. like, oh my God, why are we, why? <laughs> I just like Renee I had like a thought when you were telling your grandma's story like if we ever got tattoos like matching tattoos of what we mean to each other as best friends it would be the most fucked up shit from the internet like we send stuff to each other sometimes that makes us both uncomfortable like she'll send me something and I'm like I can't unsee that and then I'm like it's my turn bitch she'll send her something and she's just like what those are the best friendships and just sending like fucked up memes and you're like oh, I'm sorry but also I know you're gonna laugh so it's fine I also don't understand the Instagram algorithm for this because if I'm just scrolling through reels because I'm bored sometimes it's just like the weirdest shit after the weirdest shit and I'm like I don't know how this is my recommended content because it's like so unsettling and then I'll go the next day and it's like all videos of people dancing that I don't care about because I don't like it they're all doing the same dance to the same song and that's just boring and not original at all sorry if you do that I just am not your audience um (laughs) But like it's always different what my recommended is and when it's like that weird ass shit i'm like if i had to see this i'm not gonna be the only one <laughs> and then that's how it gets sent to tori <laughs> oh my gosh are either of you on tiktok i cannot I actually... tori is all about tiktok i cannot waste more of my life on the internet so i, I... resisted I accidentally went viral talking about autism on TikTok and now I have like 40,000 followers. Oh my gosh. That's got to be interesting. I just said Um, that on this podcast. That is a, fuck, that's a private page. It's okay. (laughs) People like can't just find me. It's like very like, I like turned off all the settings except for there's a couple people that slipped through and like I've told them, it's like, I'm autistic. They're like, I know. I was like, how? They're like, I saw you on TikTok. I was like, fuck. Anyway. Oopsie. But yeah, well, with, I was just going to say that, like, you're talking about your, like, recommended reels on Instagram. That stuff, like, never makes sense to me. But if you start scrolling on TikTok, that algorithm, I, I didn't, like, know how to, like, feel about TikTok for a really long time because, like, weird political whatever. However, when I'm bored, TikTok for hours like it just it shows you what you want to see and it like it's creepy but at the same time it's like I mean it's showing me what I want to see so I'm gonna go on there and then it gets better and it's just like yeah it's wild sponsor for today's show is darn tough Vermont they make merino wool socks these socks are lightweight they wick better than cotton and they really have socks for every activity they've got your winter skiing snowboarding socks as well as your summer activity socks. So lately I have been wearing the no-show merino sock for both trail running and a little bit hiking as well. Sometimes with hiking I prefer the mid-height 
just because you're going through kind of like the brush sock, but Darn Tough has both. I've tried both. They're really awesome. They have kept my feet dry, wicking away the moisture on some really hot days lately. So Darn Tough Vermont, go check out their website. They call them Darn Tough because they are tough. Go and grab yourself a pair and keep your feet happy and blister free and dry. The internet's insane. The internet is insane. And TikTok is a force. Like the doom scrolling and you're like, oh my God, an hour has gone by. Fuck. Or like you're sitting on the toilet and your ass goes numb because you've been there for so long because it's just giving you content that you can't stop consuming. I don't even (sighs) watch TV anymore. I just get on TikTok. Like I know. It I mean, anyway. (laughs) Um, anyways, the internet is a weird place. Okay, side note, you used to be a meme queen. We don't have to like discuss the aspects of like memeing or like what your page was, but Renee and I have like a dark history with memes as well. And I would just like to speak to the rhetoric of what they communicate and how it can make relationships difficult. (laughs) Okay. Oh my gosh. Um, What would I like to say about this? Um, Yeah, I had a meme page. Um, It started when I was bored at home during the pandemic and I just realized that I think that way like I can see a picture like same like I think in meme form it's really stupid (laughs) I do too or I'll have a moment and I'll like say like a trending sound I'm like no 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 and my boyfriend's like stop stop it it's so weird (laughs) yeah like I can hear like I can like somebody will say something to me just something stupid and I can see like the Michael Scott it's Britney bitch like meme pop up in my head and I'm like oh my god like it just I don't know so I started just making them and posting them and I didn't tell anybody I was doing it and it just snowballed and like gosh when I shut it down I think I had like 5,000 followers and um so it was mostly like I'm not going to say the name of it because I think anyone that knows knows and anyone who doesn't doesn't need to know Um, but it was like Pacific Northwest mountain bike memes and just like totally making fun of like how we're all idiots and like I guess what got out of hand was people didn't realize who was behind it and I think that if they had realized who I am they would have realized that I was making fun of myself but a lot of people got offended because you know, I would talk shit about Jerry's and I'm like, I'm a huge Jerry by whatever definition, whatever that means. I'm not that good at bikes. I like just don't, it, whatever. But I got myself in trouble a few times and, you know, I think memes are subjective and sometimes people just don't understand the humors. And so I had to shut it down because it was becoming relevant that like, me doing the work of trying to be more inclusive in the bike industry and also making fun of people whether satire or not didn't go together so that is no longer living but it was kind of an interesting thing I was like having some conversations with friends about it recently and realized that like I started it before I was really part of the community that I'm part of now or working in the industry and it kind of turned into a way for me to like feel connected to that 
because there were all of these people that were like sharing it or that I was having conversations with on that account that didn't know who I was, but I felt cool because I was getting to talk to these people that I wanted to be friends with. And um, a friend of mine in town who's been in the bike industry for a really long time, we had a conversation about it a couple months ago and I was telling her how it made me feel and her comment was, um, it still gets me, but she was like, how does it feel knowing that just being yourself was good enough and you didn't have to create an internet persona to fit in? And I was like, <laughs> instantly started bawling and was like, I don't know. But it was, it was a big part of my life. I still kind of think about like making them as marketing for Cosmic Dirt because memes are hilarious, but I have to stay out of it for a while so I don't get myself in trouble. <laughs> Okay, I was not expecting the depth of that answer, but that was beautiful. Um, on another note, also great marketing idea. It was like one that we came up with for Tang. Also, Renee mm -hmm. just needed like a platform to release the fucked up things in her brain, kind of similar to you. Yeah. So it was just like getting them out there. And the cool thing about memes, like if you did want to do them for Cosmic Dirt, especially since you're part of that community now and you have so many rel much relative experience with it, is that you create a like social media asset that increases your amplification mm -hmm. rate and boosts brand awareness. So people naturally connect to okay. it and share it to their platforms. And that's how we had like exponential growth rates over a year. Nerdy yep. stuff, but it's dope. The rhetoric of memes, also a thing, like you said. Yeah. It is. <laughs> um, are you familiar with Jess the Maker? Have you seen her reels? Yes. Um, she's everywhere right now because she has like managed to tap into this uh like she's just perfect at like the TikTok style reels and like the one she's an ambassador for cosmic dirt and the one that i think made her go viral was she made a pair of overalls out of inner tubes like bike tubes it's called tuberalls i can send it to both of you and you'll have to watch it and everybody listening should also go watch it because it's so stupid but she just like it was her idea to help us market like the fact that like we want to make overalls with cosmic dirt at some point we're not there yet but she was like i'm gonna make a pair of overalls out of like the inside of inner tubes and do a reel about it and i was like okay crazy like what are you talking about and then she sent it to me and i was like oh my god and i watched her follower number go from like, I think she had like 2,500 followers when we met and like, I don't know, I can look at her Instagram right now, but she's gotta be at like 10,000 now. No, she's 30. I just looked it up. I, okay, sorry, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm not up to date on your followers. Huge now. numbers, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah. But just like the power of like, thinking that way and knowing how to use it for marketing and now she's working with all of these like huge brands and it's just like she's just a fucking hilarious person who just was like this is my brand of weird I'm putting it on the internet and everyone's like yes we will pay you to do that it's amazing yeah it's good that authenticity of showing up it's like 2022 is your time to let your freak flag fly yes relative to being on the internet like be weird and part of it actually has to do with TikTok training people on what to expect with content which 
which is really yep. interesting. So like the raw kind of like flossum, that's like the marketing term that's flying around with it. But content of like humanizing, authentic, non-curated content that shows people being like their true selves is what is slaying. And I think that's also mm -hmm. like part of why Cosmic Dirt is doing really well, because it's yeah. like, again, it's like, stop telling me how to live my life. That's what yeah. it comes down to, really. So yeah. nailing it. Um, man, that beer hit quick. It happens. I'm okay. We're fine. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you're welcome to everybody dealing with my voice right now. Um, you're doing anyways, fine. I want to dip back. Sorry, we're like swerving all over here, but I want to dip back to you like consulting right now um, on like the fit and patterns for outdoor companies. Yeah. And like how this needs to change. Like it is um, a thing. I just wanted to say swerving back and forth is my lifestyle. So we're doing, you know, it's on brand. <laughs> I uh, have had the opportunity to fit test and consult with Oh my gosh, like five different major outdoor brands now. Um, I just like have found myself in, you know, email chains and things with people. And like, it's been really cool to have the opportunity to have a say in huge companies. I'm not going to name any of them. I guess I can talk about the fact that um, I'm an ambassador for outdoor research now, um, which going back to Bennett, Ron, uh, we're actually teammates and friends she lives about an hour south of me um so that's pretty cool but uh outdoor research put together a panel of plus size outdoor humans that actually like gets to go to or and like have these like summits and like sit down and talk about like what we want and what we care about so they added me to the team this year because um just basically like you know they're trying to like have a really well-rounded group of humans um and i think that i'm a little bit different than like i mean not that it matters but i don't know of that many people in bodies like mine that are out there trying to do gravity sports like downhill mountain biking and that kind of stuff so it's been really cool to have that opportunity with them and like other bike companies that are working on expanding their sizing other major outdoor companies um I've reached out and like talking about fit and pattern and like what actually matters. And like, I've had the kind of the question from a couple of them. It's like, well, how do you feel comfortable doing this work with us when you run your own company? And I'm like, well, you're not my competition. Like I run in like a small niche brand for like <laughs> tattooed queer weirdos, kind of lots of people are into it, but that's like, who is the core group of people that Cosmic Dirt is for. And so like, I'm not in competition with outdoor research. And if I'm helping to like make more people comfortable by working with them, then I'm going to do that. Like, I don't see a brand like that as competition until I can walk into like REI and buy like six different pairs of mountain bike shorts in my size that fit. Like if I can't do that, there's still more work to do. So it's pretty cool to be able to put that hat on and like, you know, use what I'm learning through my own company to like help these brands be better. So. And outdoor research is, is also not just 
mountain biking too, right? Like, oh no, right I mean they're the not. They're not even. Yeah, yeah. Right at the beginning, you said that one of your turning points was also just not being able to find ski pants that fit. And oh, like, yeah. that's an area where outdoor research, if they're investing into this, mm-hmm. offers more options there. And they do hiking and they do climbing. Like, there's so many areas that could become more inclusive by having mm-hmm. folks like you actually there saying this does fit this does function for me this doesn't work because of this reason and mm-hmm. like they're the ones that are going to get it on the shelves everywhere or sell it off their website and i mean hopefully they're paying you for this but <laughs> no they yes <laughs> yes everybody needs to be compensated for the work they're doing i agree with you seriously um, well, I wanted to say the the conversation with outdoor research actually started because of skiing. Um, I feel very fortunate to live in Bellingham where I know a lot of people who are athletes and do this kind of stuff for a living. And so um, have a few friends that are on the outdoor research team. And I guess they were looking for more input for kind of like that arena of sports. And so I got connected with them that way, which is pretty awesome. But yeah. Um, I have gotten pretty emotional with some of these conversations that I've had with brands that I've worn, ones that I'm not going to name, but brands that I've worn for my entire life, basically, until I stopped, like, being able to fit into them that are now coming around and being like, okay, we want to fit people like you, like, how do we do it? And I'm like, I can't believe that this is my life, that, like, this brand that I literally was, like, born into their kids' clothes, like, is out here like finally doing it and then I get to help that's insane to me but I have a friend who's always like you need to stop saying that it's crazy that you get to do these things because you work your ass off and I'm like it can be both things it's crazy and I do work my ass off but I just feel really blessed that I get to like make change that way so it's really cool to see the industry like actually starting to try so Agreed. Yeah. Also, congratulations. That's freaking dope. Thanks. Yep. That's super rad. It's also like sick to see the, you know what? I'm going to say the industry is sacking up. It's like, (laughs) oh, we're missing out on supporting these widely diverse groups of people. Damn, we could make bank doing this. Yes. Why haven't we been doing it all along? It's just like, you know, there's honestly being inclusive is a moneymaker. Like, it why is. is that so difficult to wrap your head around? <laughs> it's well, I've been having this conversation for years. I actually, somebody that's somebody that is close in my life had said at one point, like, why don't you just lose enough weight to fit into the clothing that you want? And I'm like, like we talked about earlier, like, not all of us are trying to lose weight we're talking about a separate part of my life there. Like I spent years of my life doing CrossFit, doing every diet in the book, like yo-yo dieted, like did all of the things. And I'm still in the body I'm in, no matter what I do, I'm super active. Like I'm like, I eat really healthy by many metrics and like I'm in the body I'm in and that's where we are. And so to force people to like, you know, to not participate in a sport that they want to do just because of their body that like they have no control over is so stupid. It's fucked up. It shouldn't happen. And so like 
anyway, I've always had this kind of dialogue with people that are like, well, how do you know that this stuff is actually going to sell? Like, how do you know that the demand is there? And I'm like, well, you don't know that the demand is there because you don't make the stuff for the people that would buy it to know that they can do the sport that you want to sell them stuff for. If that makes sense. It's like a chicken and an egg thing. Like it makes honestly, total sense. Makes don't we've don't talked about this pants. so much on this podcast. So like, why would somebody like me go like, oh, I think that I can ski in the body I'm in because nobody makes ski pants my size, so nobody's trying, so nobody wants to buy ski pants from you. Like, fix it. The people will show up. And like, I don't know if you either of you saw, I think it was Outside magazine did an article earlier this year about like the return on investment in plus size is massive. And like brands are starting to realize that there's a lot of money there, which I think there are some companies <laughs> that are only doing it because they've realized how much money they can make in the market. And then there are other ones that are doing it because they genuinely are like, oh, you're right. We've been excluding people. We don't mean to do that. So I'm trying to be cautious about who I'm working with and like working with brands that are genuinely like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Like I had a conversation with somebody about hip packs and he didn't realize that I can't walk into a store and just buy a hip pack that fits me because waist sizes don't work. And it was just really funny to have that conversation with somebody who like designs those for a living and was like, oh my God, I never even thought about that. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, <laughs> like it sucks that he's never thought about that. But at the same time, like the whole industry is conditioned to not think about us. And so now that they are, it's like, there's so many cool things that are about to happen. From an outsider looking in, is there any like quick tips or ways for a, trying to tell like which brands are doing it just to make more money versus which brands are doing it genuinely? Like, are there like little things that you're looking for when you're choosing to work with this one versus this one? Um just having conversations with them. Um, I signed a contract with Outdoor Research because they were the first brand to actually do it. And they, like I said, they've hired a panel of people that they actually listen to. And they have, like, they have an increasing roster of athletes that are all different body types and skill levels and things like that. And, like, it's... I mean, it definitely gets convoluted with like, you know, like using people of color in ads just to seem like you're inclusive or signing, you know, trans athletes because you want to like have a token that your company is cool right now. But like talking, like talking to friends that work with those companies and it's like, are they actually supporting you or are they just like, do they just want you on like the cover of a magazine wearing their stuff. Like what's the difference? Um, it's, but yeah, just kind of looking at like who they're supporting, like, are they actually like putting money towards media and like telling stories or are they just like using like hired plus size models in their catalog and not really like spending any money on like actually marketing that bigger bodies want to do things or that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think everything you said is so true. It's like, are they actually investing in change mm -hmm. or are they just woke washed and performatively flexing that they are with it when really there's no investment to change because change doesn't happen 
from an image. It happens from investment. Like you need financial mm-hmm. investment in business. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. And I'm having, I'm having conversations like that with a lot of my friends who are professional athletes and they're trying to um, negotiate contracts with people who actually want to change. They're not just like, oh, you're cool because you're different. Here's, you know, a bike and a, you know, nothing. So. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I actually, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just, I was just going to say, it's really cool to see like, you know, you mentioning earlier, like, I hope they're paying for you, you for that. Like, like I have, like, there's a lot of people that are realizing that like, just taking a bike and like being on somebody's Instagram occasionally doesn't really make any change. And like, there's so many people pushing for things to be different that I think even the brands that are like, kind of dragging their feet, they're like, oh, like, we're going to get left behind if we don't change. So like, they're, it's, it's happening. It's just happening slower with some places. Hmm. And also just like, you have a specific skill set that you're very good at. And you have experiences that are very worthwhile of, of brands valuing. And so like one of our first episodes, we did with Kaylin Thorian, and she said, bitch, know your worth. And I can't mm-hmm. tell you how many people in the outdoor industry I have said that line to ever since that episode where I'm just like, bitch, know your worth. Like, don't let people take you for granted. I really, like, I really. You oh. And you're giving up your story, your experiences, your expertise, your time, your skills. You should get yeah. something from that. Right. If you're, if you're out there selling bikes for somebody, if you're out there making, you know, actively increasing the plus size sales for a company, like, why shouldn't you get a portion of that? Like, you're part of the marketing team at that point. Yeah. And they're making money off of you. So, yep. yeah, exactly. Anyway. 100%. I wanted to touch on one more thing quickly, because like reading like this entire like your entire story and like the backstory mm-hmm. of cosmic dirt, it comes down to the, the ability, like the, the concept of being told that you couldn't do something or that you don't belong. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I love to analyze, blame mm-hmm. this on my like interest in marketing and like consumer behavior and also just studying people. Cause I don't understand why we're so fucked up. Um, but I just like, the concept of being told that you don't belong or you can't do something is not always as literal as people think it is. It comes mm-hmm. through in the messaging and in mm. product design and all these different facets that shape popular culture, which is, you know, popular culture is not just music or media, mm. it's products, it's conversation, it's language. Mm. Like if you, if you think about culture, culture is multifaceted, mm. it's belief systems, attitudes, and it all has to do with institutions that shape them. And people mm. that don't understand the diversity of that, it's irritating because it's like, how can you not see that it's all connected? So like mm-hmm. from your experience, what are the different aspects of the outdoor industry that have made you feel like you don't belong or that you couldn't do something? Oh gosh, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, actually there's been so many different things. Like um, I was actually having a conversation with Hannah Bergman about um, how we were raised and I attribute a lot of her success in her career to her parents just being like, oh, you want to do that sport? Okay, bye. And my parents, you know, not, I'm not saying they raised me the way that they knew how at the time, but 
I wasn't pushed into sports and I wasn't taken to ride bikes when I was crying about it. And it was just like, I was raised the way that you raised girls when I was the age that I was. And so I wasn't pushed into those things. And I was, you know, just encouraged to do other things. And so kind of the conversation that I had with Hannah was like, she was basically told you can do whatever you want. And I was told like, well, you know, if you're going to cry about it, you probably don't want a mountain bike. <laughs> so like, and like I said, like, I, I don't mean any, like anything bad about the way that I was raised that way, but it was just like, we didn't have role models like in the early nineties of like female mountain bikers. Like my dad didn't have anyone to look at really to say like, Oh, girls do this too. Like, and so like, that's why it matters so much now that there's like the women's free ride zine is insane. And like, there are so many like fucking incredible female mountain bikers now on all sides, like not just like racing, but like people that are doing um, just all kinds of amazing things. And so like girls today are growing up knowing that like they can do that stuff. And that's just like one part of the industry that's like, you know, I didn't have role models to look at to say like, I want to be that when I grew up. So like, and it's been that way with like people in my, you know, size of body too. So like, like talking about like, you know, you can't be what you can't see. Like there are people like me that are like, fuck you, I'm going to do it anyway, which didn't come until later. I would say like within like the last like four to five years, I was like, okay, I'm tired of like not doing the things that I want to do just because I don't see people like me doing them. So I'm going to do them anyway. And then running into all of these walls where the industry's like, okay, like your feet are wide. So like bike shoes aren't going to be really that comfortable and you're, you know, going to run your shock on your bike at like 95% of its capacity because you're heavier than the average person that we built it for. And like, I don't have any like purpose built mountain bike clothes and I don't see people like me on the trails and I go to load my bike at the Whistler bike park and the lifties like ask me two or three times if I know what I'm doing. And I'm like, yes, like it's everywhere. And so like, like it really truly feels like the industry has like really not like realized how many different ways like it shuts people down and like change needs to happen across the board like in all of those ways yeah I think everything you said is like so accurate and I think it's what people don't realize is it's those micro incidents that add up to a broader problem it's like people it's helped me have compassion for people understanding like consumer behavior, the act of consuming information, media, popular culture, and how it shapes biases and associations in their minds to hold these harmful perspectives. And the way that they react in those situations is from getting stimuli from those different inputs that someone like you, like with your body shape, wouldn't know how to load a bike because they've never seen somebody doing it before. So immediately they correct it. And even though it's not a harmful intention, it still is harmful Mm -hmm. to the situation. So there's the argument that impact is worse like impact is more important than intention. Someone can mm-hmm. have good intentions, but they don't realize the impact of their actions or the words that they say because they've been conditioned to view something in a specific way. Yeah. And or like, just, yeah, 
yeah, it's a huge thing. So it, it definitely needs to change. And people need to understand that, like, you know, the whole, like, snowflake, oh, don't be so, so sensitive. It's just a joke. Like, all that kind of stuff. It's like, well, no, my whole life has been like that. Every mm-hmm. micro incident of telling me that I am too much, that I don't belong, that I shouldn't be here, and that I shouldn't try because I will never be able to do it has added up to this in those minute micro situations. And it's like, it matters. It, it matters fucking so much. matters. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, like, I don't know, we're, we were talking about the meme thing. Like, I have a sense of humor. I can laugh. I have all. a sense of humor. <laughs> I, like, you talk about the snowflake thing, and I just think about people that, like, can't, like, don't get satire and, like, can't, like, like, there's a difference between, like, hey, don't say things that are going to, like, alienate people that you don't realize you're alienating and being able to, like, make fun of yourself. And I think that's where, like, some people get a bad taste for, like, you know, inclusion or whatever, like, is that they're like, well, you're telling me that I can't like exist the way I want. It's like, no, we're just asking you to like afford other people like myself, the ability to exist how we want while you also do that. It's not about you needing to go in the corner. It's about, we all belong here. Yeah. I like, I, I, I like made everybody uncomfortable on a post that Tanner Hall did. I'm not going to bring up the post again, but I did like, an. <laughs> yeah, you can, that was, whoa, it was a vibe. Um, anyways, underneath, I basically did like an academic critical analysis, like mm-hmm. a rhetorical analysis of what the post communicates to specific audiences. And when you do that analysis, there's three factors that you need to consider. One, who made that post? Mm-hmm. So it's like, the different facets of their identity, their knowledge, like their their power over an audience. Two, who is the audience it's intended for? And three, who is the actual audience? So who consumes it outside of that intended audience? And how does that structure biases and belief systems within popular culture towards specific groups? So if people knew who you were making those jokes, there probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't have been as much backlash because they could have connected to your identity and your experience. But without that, they make assumptions about what it means and what it communicates. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting when you get nerdy about this shit and you're like, well, damn, it's not that hard, but it kind of is. And now we're just so far gone. We should just blow it up and start over sick. Like, <laughs> which is what you're doing with cosmic dirt. Yeah, so. I mean, <laughs> yep. Oh man. man. Well, unfortunately we do have to wrap it up. Um, you're great. This was a great episode. I really enjoyed that. So yeah. <laughs> I was, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that everybody that comes on here is a little nervous, but I was very nervous. I was like, what am I going to say? We find things for you to say. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're good at sniffing it out. Also, everyone thinks we're so much more professional than we are. Where they're like, can we do a pre-interview? Like, do we have, just like, we just show up and talk shit, man. We show <laughs> up. We crack beer. And uh, I'll, actually, I'm like, chugging caffeine because i'm in like this night shift hell week right now that i did to myself but yeah beer caffeine whatever whatever drink you want changes anyhow anyhow um as we wrap it up where can people find you any closing remarks that maybe we didn't talk about that you want to get across and um shout out to whoever you want to shout out sponsors etc plugs yeah um, aka cosmic dirt because it's the bee's knees but anyways continue 
<laughs> I don't have to say it now. Um, <laughs> you can find my Instagram is Wilder Noise, and the Cosmic Dirt Instagram is Ride Cosmic Dirt, and post a variety of super honest things on both. Um, our website is cosmicdirt.net, and we are releasing a fall collection of like our mer fun merch stuff in about a month and it's really fucking cute and I'm really excited about it. Um, I Can I shout out to the fact that I would like more sponsors? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm in that I phase of my life like, where I'm trying to negotiate we've just spent, those. Yeah, we've just spent approximately an hour trying to sell why you would be a valuable candidate for any brand. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, when you apply, you should be like, you know what? Just listen to this app. It's like, this is like your freaking like verbal, just, I am the shit. Here's why I am the shit. Work with you me. You need me. Here's why. <laughs> um, but if you're doing shout outs, um, I, uh, this is my second year with uh, Wilderness Trail Bikes, WTB, and that team is amazing and is really trying to do the work of being more inclusive. And I just started working with Pit Viper, who I fucking love. That company is amazing. If you don't like Pit Viper, I encourage you to look at their Pit Viper Gives a Fuck Foundation and then come back to me. Um, they go donate money of people that get caught doing shitty things like storming the Capitol wearing Pit Vipers. They go find their purchases and they donate them to charities. So I like working with brands that do that. And um, I really like them a lot. So yeah, buy some Cosmic Dirt stuff. Our pants are coming out. And yeah. Sick. We'll definitely blast that on our channels. I also think I need to order some things because I just saw it and I was like, okay. I won't argue with you. Okay. I will not argue with you. Godspeed, my friend. <laughs> with your card, your credit card to the internet. <laughs> Oops. I also hope that, like, I don't know, where are you? Uh, Bellingham, Washington. Word. Okay. I hope that one day we all have the opportunity to do yes. sports. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm coming on a bike trip to Bellingham in a couple weeks, so, like, Probably by the time this comes out, I'll be there. Okay, you well, should. I'm, I'm gonna DM you. You should reach out to yeah. Ashley, and I will. You know, you could Facetime me, and I could pretend I'm there. Perfect. Just insert. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sweet. Thank you so much, Ashley. This is freaking sick. So nice to talk to you both. Yes, you as well. <laughs>